Welcome to another fabulous episode of Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, and your other host, Mr. Matt Burke. We're going to touch on the PGA Championship, the ATP 1000, the Italian Open, which preludes to the French Open, which is next week. Got some UCI baseball. We're going to talk some NBA basketball and hopefully some NHL hockey. So there's, there's a lot of hot topics going on. And we got some quotes that we're going to go over, too. But I guess let's lead it off. How about the PGA Championship? Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. He kept his lead. Oh yeah, he kept he kept <laughs> his lead. Well, he from start to finish was the most dominating golfer through the first three rounds. Beth Page Black is a very hilly golf course. It's a good golf course to play. It's one of those that you can play. It's it's a public golf course, so if you wanted to play Beth Page Black and go all the way out to Farmdale, New York. Go ahead and do that. It's a tough golf course for a lot of the golfers in this PGA Championship. Brooks Kepka, however, absolutely smashed the golf course through the first three rounds, and he got such he a, did he did he smashed it and had such a surmountable lead. And then you just go into the fourth round and the opening frame shot. Right, they show him walking up to the tee box, and there's Jenna Sims, his girlfriend, and wants to give him a smooch pre-round. And he is just laser focused, just kind of swerves, misses her. And she's just like all embarrassed, like looks away. And it was a kind of an interesting thing right before he tees off. Right. I wonder if that had any sort of juju in it. But he went six. I think he went plus six. Wow. The rest of the day. It probably like close. knocked him off his focus for a minute. Like you said, he had that laser focus. The other thing about it is if, if you were watching on TV, the most important shot, right? Books Kepka. Out of the tee box, two-stroke lead at the time. Absolutely puts one into the weeds. Just the the worst spot on the golf course to try to hit it out of. And who was right behind him knocking on the door? Dustin Johnson. Ooh, DJ. DJ. So CBS, right before he's about to hit that shot, turns it to Amanda Balionis for an interview. So we didn't get to see the shot. No one got to see it. And then they eventually got it out of the rough. He did an up and down and rest is history. He ended up winning. It's just poor timing. Like the, the whole thing, it wasn't like the, the Masters this year where it was beautiful to watch. It was kind of like Brooks Kepka dominated. And then he started to slip away. And then you have that little mishap with the, the production department. Probably if he would have hit that terrible... He might have lost it, and then we would have watched something just miraculously melt down in front of our eyes, but CBS Right, because three it. days of domination with built a big lead, and do you think sometimes that gets in their head on the final day? Absolutely. Yeah. How many meltdowns have we seen on the PGA Tour? Because it's so hard, because majors? what is it, 90% of golf isn't what's going on between the years? Golf's margin of error is the smallest. Like, you're hitting the ball literally tiny, very tiny ball, probably an inch wide, with a club stick and your margin of error to hit it right in the sweet spot every single time is so thin overall is a fun pga championship i'm more excited about the opens so what's the next big tournament that's coming pebble beach yes okay u.s open play season is in full bore we have italian open and guess who met in the finals the number one tennis player in the world novak djokovic and rafael nadal I yeah finally rafael nadal finally broke he was kind of slumping i mean how's this the first three tournaments in the clay season rafael nadal losing the semis three straight times how's that struggling because he's won two of three of those tournaments last year that's why <laughs> well because he's the king of clay that's struggling and he's the king of clay he says he's been playing well the last two tournaments that he lost in the semis 
Miami's one to Stefano Tsitsipas, uh, the other to Dominic Team. This time around, he got past them. He got past Tsitsipas in the semis, and then he faced Novak Djokovic, and he pretty much took care of Novak. Now, remember, those two met in the Australian Open finals. Obviously, Djokovic just destroyed Nadal, and Nadal was playing really well. Didn't even lose a set in the Australian Open until he faced Djokovic. This was a great match, and it's a kind of a prelude of what's what's to come because next week is the French Open, the second slam, just like we had the PGA Championship, which is the second of the biggest tournament, second of the Grand Slam on clay. Nadal's 11-time winner. Djokovic is trying to do what they call the Joker Slam, meaning he's won two of the slams last year, and he won the Australian Open this year, and he'll win the French. If he wins the French Open, he will have completed the cycle. They call it the Joker Slam. Yeah, what did he do with his racket? He got upset. These guys have faced each other 54 times. 54? This is their 54th match, and Nadal bested him. So Nadal's got 26 wins. Djokovic has 28. Djokovic, I've never seen this from him. He means business. And I can tell you, it's going to be one of those two guys will probably win the French Open unless Roger Federer can be a long shot. He's kind of like my long shot. But again, it's those big three who's been dominating tennis for the last 15 years have a chance to win the French Open. Nadal's the heavy favorite. Djokovic is probably the second favorite. Then Federer, then Dominic Team plays really well on clay. There's four more of the Super 9 Masters, that is. Canadian Open, Cincinnati Masters. But right now, French Open next week. It should be some fun stuff. I got a few quotes for you today. I think we had a really great quote from a player last night who had an excellent game, and that's Myers Leonard. After Damien was done, a reporter asked him a question, and he interrupted and he said hold up i have to get my thoughts in there the warriors threw so many bodies at him he would get to the rim and have someone there to meet him and they really put an emphasis on trying to stop him and that shouldn't deter you from knowing how good of a leader he is how good of a teammate he is and how good of a person he is so i thought that was a really good quote by myers leonard so i have a quote for you i have the greatest respect for him he's my greatest rival of all time for sure Every time we play each other, it is a thrill. Novak Djokovic said that after losing to Rafa Nadal. You know, he's a classy gentleman. It's just hard when you're the number one player in the world and you're really fighting hard to win every single time. It's just that competitive juices. So I don't hold it against Djokovic smashing his racket. It just happens. I do have another quote. It's from Irvin Magic Johnson. Uh Uh-oh. Rob Polinka is the one that backstabbed me. <laughs> I saw that. I saw oh, that on the Stephen geez. A. Smith. You know, he would have been so good if he didn't do that. It would have looked like the golden child. You know, he still would have kept that magic aura about him. But it's starting to wear off. I'm not a Lakers fan, and so I don't have this special affinity to him. But from an outsider's perspective, he just kind of like, it sounds like he kind of loafed. And he wasn't really doing the full extent of his job. You're right. It's it's an everyday job, that executive vice president. I don't even know what goes on, but I just know being executive, it, it, it's a full-on, full-time job. You can't be running other businesses. And, I mean, for him to say that, uh, you know, I told Jeannie at the very beginning, I'm gonna, I still have my other businesses I got to run, so, but I still want the power of, of the ultimate say for the basketball operations. Yeah. That's just so hard because I mean, when you got other voices talking and I think what the Lakers need to do is just, you know, Jeannie just has to be the ultimate decision maker in a sense of, okay, boom, try to fill in what her dad has done and take control of this franchise. And yeah, she's taken a lot of advice from all over the place, it seems like, just from what I hear. Something's got to be done there. I mean, something has to be done by 
you know, mending the fences between those two. It's just, it's... Well, it's the timing, too, because they were introducing their new head coach... And, and for they, him to go on, on that to, morning, yeah. it's almost like, uh, really? I mean, I mean, are you so you're trying to like uh, overshadow? I'm sorry. Well, are you just trying to pay Rob Polinka back? You know, for the backstabbing? Or I don't even think it was a. I think he just got tired of you know Magic just coming in and Rob doing all this work, setting up all these GM deals, and then him going yay or nay, yay or nay. I yeah. think he just got tired of it. I mean, like it sounds like you know there's. You could blame both parties. I mean, like, I don't know. It just makes me seem like the leadership there isn't being good leader. You nailed it. Ultimately, it comes down the owner. It comes down to the owner, and it comes down to Jeannie Buss. She needs to take control of this. And, yes, you're getting all this advice from everywhere. Still, it's her responsibility to make sure that those two are working together. You want to know whose opinion I would really like to get on this? Who was that? Shaq's. Well, I just want to say I love Magic Johnson. He's my, he's my man. I came to the Lakers because I wanted to play with the great Magic Johnson. All right. So, Shaq, I'm really glad to have you in studio here. So It's a pleasure. I, a, I think <laughs> you and Kevin do a great job here. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. Now, I have a very serious question. Do you believe Kobe is the shadow puppet that's actually running the Lakers? Kobe and I were the one-two punch. As you know, I don't think so. No. No? Kobe's my man. We made men's after uh, I retired. Kobe's my boy. And I'll tell you this, Kobe, I give the ball to him. He gets the ball back to me for the dunk. Yeah? Okay. So uh, I need you to tell Ernie and Charles and Kenny, you know, I said hello. I'll be sure to do that. Thank you for taking Can you dig it? Can you, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh, my God. I appreciate it. Much love to the Lakers organization. I just hope they get it figured out. And I think Frank Vogel is going to do a good job. Yeah? He's just got to do what he's supposed to be doing. He'll be fine. Manage LeBron. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And with the King, I ran with the King for a year, you know. And the King, they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done. Yeah? All right. Yeah. Mode of confidence from Shaq there. Could you dig it? Oh, my God. Thank you, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> you said you had a Shaq impersonation. You have a Shaq impersonation. That's for sure. <laughs> I love Shaq. I, I love Shaq and Kobe, and I know those two love each other now. They, they, they realize what, what they've had. It was just such a great run, and I, I'm still a Laker fan to this day, and I just hope they get it figured out. It's it's not like there's not one simple thing they're going to do to you know clean up all this drama. There's always drama surrounding the Lakers. One thing I, I did really enjoy hearing was Frank Vogel did say, Say this. He's like, look, it's actually a really good vibe here, and he's right. I mean, it's a it's a great coaching opportunity, and I'm glad he did get the job. Everybody in the entire organization's got to work together. He goes, when all of us are working together, he goes, you know, great things can happen. And I couldn't agree with him more. Magic's going to talk, but you still want Magic to be part of this organization, man, because he's he's history. He's a Laker legend, and he's upset now. So whatever, get all what you need to get out, Mr. Johnson. But we're, you're still loved in Los Angeles. You're still Laker legend let's move on let's let's make men's and yeah all of this happening is just so in sync with what you know magic kind of wanted it's like he 
he kind of organized this and orchestrated it like a, the puppet master would. Yeah. You have Frank Vogel, who's an excellent head coach. He's done a re- lot of really good things in this yes. league. I mean, the he's Pacers, the, he, for sure. Exactly. I mean, it's four years he really competed really hard against LeBron James. I mean, that was the toughest feat that the Miami Heat had to get to the finals was going through Indiana. You go through this entire drama with Ty Lue. Right, you get this drama, and then you get this drama when Frank Vogel gets hired. Yeah. Right as he gets hired, he's announced on the stage. Frank Vogel, what do you think at his press conference? No, nah, it's not about Frank Vogel. It's about what Magic said. It's just, oh, this Lakers franchise. I feel bad. I don't think Jeannie Buss is doing, you know, the wrong things. I think she just has so many cooks in the kitchen. You know, she's got the Rambuses, she's got Palinka, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson. You have so many cooks in the kitchen. What is the one voice that you're going to listen to that has the most reason? And that's the biggest issue with the Lakers right now is you have X amount of people who are including his brother, you know, who she fired. Cause yeah, she didn't you like still got the, some like, of the bus brothers that you, you want to have some say. So it's just a matter of making that ultimate decision like I'm here in control of the White House. Genie Bus, I'm the ultimate decision maker here. Not anybody's business who I obtain advice from. And that's fine because, you know, Dr. Jerry Buss was like that. Look, he listened to what Jerry West had to say and he was like, okay, I agree. Boom. Just run it by the owner before you make the ultimate decision. But you're right. It's 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 Lakers. It's drama. And I, it just dominates the headlines out it, here. Yeah, absolutely. Not, well, not out here. This is national news. because it, It's went, national news, but definitely went, out here. But look, we got the Golden State Warriors just up north. What about what they're doing? They're doing great basketball things. It's like history was just made last night. You had two players that oh, recorded a triple-double yeah. in yeah. a playoff game. And also, too, yes, their fifth consecutive finals appearance that hasn't been done since the Bolton Celtics ate Pete. Yeah, I know. So, I, I mean, they're, they're not, I don't think they'll get the eight Pete. At least I don't think so. Well, yeah, they won't be able to eight Pete as, as NBA champions, but they could eight Pete as NBA Western Conference champ. This series, okay, I understand the Golden State Warriors just swept the Portland Trailblazers without Boogie Cousins, without... Uh, it's DeMarcus Kevin. Cousins. He doesn't want to be called yeah. Boogie anymore. Okay. He wants to move past Without DeMarcus. Kevin Durant. Yes. And the closing deciding game without your finals MVP, Andre Iguodala. Big, big. Those are three cru- well, huge. Uh, yeah, two, Kevin, two huge, crucial. Two crucial. One's like a luxury, you know. Boogie's a luxury to have. I mean, they could win without Kevin Durant. They've won without Kevin Durant before. Kevin Durant's a nice luxury piece, and he does make them better in a different way. But when he's not in there, it's that Steve Kerr offense where that ball is just moving like crazy, and I think they're just so much harder to guard. Steph Curry is just by far he's the greatest purest shooter I've ever seen. I mean, Reggie Miller. I mean, he's made some crazy shots too. I always thought he was like one of the greatest pure shooters I've ever seen. But Steph Curry just shoots at a higher percentage. Everything else that he does, I mean, he gets his team involved. He's got quick hands. And then Draymond Green, I think is so underrated because of what he means to his team. He's a triple-double threat. I think every single game, he's had a few triple-doubles in this series. Yeah, That was an amazing basketball game last night. And where Portland has led more than the Warriors did in this entire series. They've had, in three of the games, they have 15-plus point leads. Yeah. And, and, and for the Warriors to come back every single time to find yeah. a they, they close it out. I mean, they can they be down by 15 with six minutes to go. Before you know it, it's tied. So, now it's overtime. Yeah, now it's overtime. Now it's over. I just kind of, to your point, it's like, yeah, we were arguing about it, but that's sports radio. It's like, what else are we going to yeah. talk about? You know, yeah. we got to, you know, we argue get, our points. I mean, yeah. We had, like, everyone has disagreements, but, like, I can understand your perspective on it. 
But I think, yeah, to a, a degree, you are right. They do play a different kind of office. There's more cuts to the baskets, more natural, more passing, and it's it's a lot more team oriented. But I will say this: that brand of basketball against a guy like Giannis, right? Giannis is a superhuman. He's a unicorn. He he's just outstanding. What Even, he does, he's all over the place. But he just dominates the paint. He dominates the paint, and you know who else is a unicorn? Kawhi Leonard. Yes, you know he how is. Big his hands are. That okay. That guy is a unicorn too. So you have legitimate unicorns. Damian Lillard is a really great shooter, really great basketball player. But if you put your attention on, it's the same thing with Steph Curry. If you put a lot of attention on him, you're gonna have success. Which is what the Rockets did. They said, Kevin Durant, you're gonna beat us. Steph is honestly playing amazing basketball right now. He is. He's also a two-time MVP. <laughs> two-time MVP, but he gets the majority of attention when Kevin Durant's on the floor. That's why Kevin Durant is able to get into these isolations where he can oh, go Oh, absolutely. Over. And the biggest thing about that is when it, you go up against unicorns, I'm not talking Damian Lillard, who's a really great shooter, but a unicorn that's a guy that's I like, almost put him as a unicorn status. The way he played in this series, the, he shot so well. well he, he did everything he possibly could. I, I'm not saying they he's just didn't a, have enough. He's a really great I, I think shooter. they really missed you know, Nurkic. He's a really great player, but he's a unicorn is someone that is tall and mobile and dominant Damian, and dominant that's yeah. like Damian Lillard has a, like he is really good Steph Curry's not a unicorn you got four of the best players in the NBA remaining yeah Kawhi Leonard Giannis Kevin Durant and Steph Curry yeah and so you have Kevin Durant is is a unicorn because he's so big and tall and strong right you have those Steph Curry's not a unicorn he's an amazing basketball player but a unicorn is someone that's like you shouldn't be this gifted for your size, you should be kind of like clunky running. You know, you should be. You, know, you should look like a traditional seven footer. But oh, and 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 he's just such a pure shooter too. Yeah, he's such a pure shooter, and Giannis is just so amazing. And that's what I'm saying is like you have to have unicorns guard unicorns. Yes, that's what. That's the 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 point I was trying to get to is like you have right. to have a guy that is. Six foot ten guard a guy that's six foot. And 10. to touch on your argument last week is that. I do agree that the Warriors are still a great team with Kevin Durant. It's just the offense changes a little bit, but you made a good point that you just said that a lot of the tension is drawn on Steph Curry, so that's what makes the Warriors so versatile. It's like, okay, you're going to shut down, try to shut down Steph Curry, kind of take him out of the game. Now we're going to shift over to Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and these guys, Clay Thompson, and they're going to get theirs. They're going to get theirs. And what? So what happened was they doubled Curry, and that in itself – is a mistake because you get the ball in Draymond Green's hands, and he knows he makes the right plays. So you he, can't he's a double gamer. Steph. He's and a that's winner. Problem like yeah. you can't double Steph. It's so tough to guard because they have so many different looks. And at. think about in the prior game, Game Three, Draymond Green made five three pointers. Who's not really known as a three point shooter? Oh, he's but the he's MVP. a gamer. But you know what? He hit the clinching three pointer that won the game last night. He's the MVP. When it comes down, when it comes down to it, Draymond Green is a winner. He makes winning plays. I mean, look at his line. He had 18 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists, three steals, 
two block shots, and I don't know how many like forced turnovers he probably you know helped force turnovers because he's just such a pest on defense. Yeah. But yet he still musters up enough energy to be so productive on offense to keep this motion offense going. Keep it going, yeah. It's beautiful basketball. It really is. If you were to give an MVP of the playoffs so far, who would your MVP be? I would have to say right now, I would have to say Steph Curry. It could be Kawhi Leonard. It could be Giannis. I really don't know. I'm confused. I'd still go with That's a Kawhi. tough question. I still go would go with Kawhi Leonard. For me, because yeah. the Warriors have been phenomenal and they played really great brand of basketball, but you're talking about the most valuable player. And you look at his surrounding cast. It's Kawhi Leonard. It's Kawhi Leonard's will them. Yeah, you're right. Kawhi Leonard has had to do everything for the Raptors, literally everything. And he has been. I mean, he single-handedly, you know, helped them. They nearly stole game one. And then that's that's what I was going to touch on. Is this series would be so different. You got a 30, you got the the Kyle Lowry game that you needed to get in this playoff series. He gets you 30 points. He gets you amazing job. And in the fourth quarter of game one, you go 0 for 15. With players other than Kyle Lowry, that is in itself just shows you how hard it is for Kawhi Leonard because he has to do a lot. He has to carry a lot, and he's going through. You know, he's he's dealing yeah. with a quad injury. For I mean, sure. Siakam's really helped out Siakam as well. Too. He's really he's really you know blown up, but it's still in this series. they've, yeah. they've been Jekyll or Hyde. You know, it's like they have literally been really good, or they have been just like where where are they? They're you know they're missing. I just think the Bucks will wear them out because I just think they're just a, a better team and they play so well at home. But you know, we'll have to see what happens tonight because this is a very critical game. I think for both teams, obviously Raptors need to stay alive just to get the W. And Kawhi Leonard can do it. He's just been phenomenal. He's not had an off game yet. All right, Milwaukee runs a five out. They literally have five people out on the perimeter, and they have Giannis drive, driving kick, or they'll have a few cuts. Right? They they run very similarly to what the Rockets do when they're not in isolation, which is five out. Giannis takes the ball, tries to kick it out, or tries to get the dunk. Or you'll see two-man game. With the Raptors, well, they like to put Kawhi Leonard in either isolation situation or have him on a two-man game with uh, either Pascal Siakam or Gasol as available to set picks and try to get open. You'll see those two, and then you, like you said, the motion offense that the Warriors run. You'll see, and in terms of the style and the most viewer that people would want to watch, to me, I think you would want to watch the Bucks versus. The Warriors. Well, true, because they're they're the two best teams in the NBA. I mean, the Bucks are have had the best season. They won the most games. I think they won sixty one games this year, so they have the best record in the NBA. They're having a great season, kind of like the Red Sox did last year. They were the best team of the year. They won the World Series. Not mm-hmm. saying the Bucks are going to win the championship. However, they're in a, in a tougher series. They're in a way tougher series. Yeah, I, I, I now I'm not discrediting. I I thought the Warriors were in a tough series with the Blazers. I mean, the Blazers play tough in all four games. Yeah, it doesn't even feel. I never seen a sweep that was how can you say it's the most competitive sweep I've ever seen this series could easily be tied 2-2 but it's over it's 4-0 this series is a series and all depends on if the Bucks can just muster up enough energy to withstand Kawhi Leonard's explosiveness and to get it done yeah and I think the biggest thing is that they're gonna need something out of Eric Bledsoe Something absolutely they're gonna need him but also too you know the Bucks can go down low to Brolo Old Brooke Lopez, because oh. he's got some crafty moves down low for a big guy. Come on, he's seven foot one. He's good. He's, he's got he some good footwork. Really but he, great footwork. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he is. He was. He's. He's what 
won them game one. Yeah. He dominated that game one, and a lot of those were some of those you know low post moves. So yeah, he could hit the jump shot now, and he's got the three point shot. But he's better, I think, down low, bro low, down low. Yeah, he's because he can really snatch up those rebounds, and he can also alter shots. Well, he that game he set a season high total. He hadn't scored that at all in the regular right. season. But somehow so, they got to get Bledsoe going, you know, because you just got to find this rhythm. Yeah, they this do. rhythm. Yeah, because Bledsoe's right now out of rhythm. He's missing foul shots. He's not doing a great job. And he's a really good foul shooter. He's a really good. He's a really good basketball but, player. But something. But you know, sometimes it, it takes you know having a you know just a, a big game on the road. Yeah, gets yeah. You back that, that could happen tonight. So that's the beauty about this playoffs. Anything can happen tonight. It is a great battle, and it's a remains to be seen who's going to play in the finals against the Warriors. I still like the Raptors, though.